Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. One more item. Black Pond Press, the publisher of 45 years of the Rockford Files, Maverick, Legend of the West, Radio Honey, and many other titles, has announced its very first Black Friday, Cyber Monday promotion. Order a copy of any of Black Pond's available titles from Amazon.com or any retailer on Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Send the dated receipt to Black Pond Press, and you will receive a bonus gift related to the title that you purchase. If you order a copy of 45 Years of the Rockford Files or Maverick Legend of the West on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, you'll be treated to a PDF copy of an original signed series script. For details and more information, visit the Black Pond press page on Facebook or Instagram. One more item. Here's something a lot of us have in common. Broken appliances. Broken air conditioner. Broken down heating system. Broken down washer dryer. Broken down refrigerator. And if you're a homeowner, you know just how expensive it is to get one of those things fixed, let alone what happens if more than one appliance breaks down at the same time. Well, if you're a homeowner, you can get all of your appliances on a warranty plan that guarantees protection for all of your home appliances in case they break down. And best of all, it will only cost you about a dollar a day. Call the Home Service Club at 800-264-3168, 800-264-3168. The call is free. And if you're one of the first 25 callers, your first month membership in the Home Service Club will also be free. Home Service Club, warranty plan, guarantees protection for all of your appliances for less than a dollar a day. 800-264-3168, 800-264-3168. Hi, this is Adrienne Barbeau, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Billy Van Zandt is on the line with us. Billy Van Zandt, Emmy-nominated writer, producer, and actor. Billy's memoir, Get in the Car, Jane, Adventures in the TV Wasteland, is considered the television equivalent of William Goldman's Adventures in Screen Trade, while the New York Times once called Billy and his longtime writing partner, Gene Milmore, masters of modern farce. Get in the Car, Jane is filled with first-hand observations of Billy and Jane's experiences with Lucille Ball, Brooke Shields, Frank Sinatra, Don Rickles, Martin Lawrence, Andrew Dice Clay, Bob Newhart, Jamie Lee Curtis, and far too many others to mention. You will also find out which actor faxed Billy at all hours of the night. And you'll have to read, you'll have to read Get in the Card Jane to find out who we're talking about. Get in the Card Chain, Adventures in the TV Wasteland, available in paperback and as an ebook. Amazon.com, VanZantMillmore.com, where books are sold online. Before we went to break, Billy was talking about how his experience working on the second Bob Newhart show, the Newhart show that aired in the 1980s, was an unusual experience in television in that the writers essentially worked from 9 to 5 and then went home every night at 5 o'clock, as opposed to some shows that insist on working until the wee hours of the morning to get a script right. It's, it's also a common sense reminder that uh, something that you thought was funny at 2 o'clock in the morning, it, it isn't always funny when you read it at 9 o'clock 
the following morning when you're sober and, and had a few cup of coffee. I, I will go further than say it's never funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're just mad that you spent the night there, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I tend to, we all, any of our shows, we always try to do, you know, one take as well. Uh, Martin Lawrence, we did, Martin Lawrence worked the same way Bob did, mm-hmm. Bob Newhart did, although they were quite different. Yes. <laughs> as you're shooting the show yeah and, and that's all that mattered and uh, I love that it was, it was like doing a little play every night um, this is a general question more often than not it seems like writing comedy requires a partner especially TV TV comedies almost always are written in tandem why do you think that is well you want somebody who watches your back <laughs> <laughs> ugliness that goes on in this part of the business. No, I know a lot of great single writers. Bruce Rasmussen is on the Connors, Bruce Helford, they're, they're all single writers. Um, but in, in terms of Jane and me, we started out as playwrights together, so it was just a natural transition for us. And after writing a two-hour play, 22 minutes of a television episode was nothing. But it, the, the nice thing about having a... A lot of people are put together as partners, and that's I don't think that works. I think a lot of agents do that to try and get clients on TV shows because we need a woman, and we can, you know that'll be better. Um, if you have, if you if you don't have the right partner, it's just a waste of time because you don't want two people fighting over the computer. You don't want two people with the same strengths because what's the point of having the second person? And and, and any writer, whether it's whether it's as a team or as a solo writer, the second you turn in your script, you are paranoid that you did a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> having that, that second person, that partner with you to go, no, I think this is good. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, we'll turn it in. But, uh, yeah, I, there are a lot of, well, now that you're saying it, I haven't really thought about it. I guess there are a lot of uh, writing partners. But the, uh, the funny thing for us was when I got to know Bob and Madeline, uh, I, had, I interviewed them for the TV special mm-hmm. uh, after having worked for them as an actor. Bob Carroll and Madeline Pugh, two of the original writers for I Love Lucy. We walked into their office, and I said, Jane, that's my desk, and that's your desk. One of them was completely neat. One was a mess. Uh, it, was, it was very strange meeting them because I felt like that was, was Jane and me in the future or something like that. Does your experience as a writer help you as an actor, and does your experience as an actor help you as a writer? Definitely uh, experience as an actor helps as a writer. Because there are a lot of times writers will write something. Why aren't they saying it like this? <laughs> like, well, you say it. You know, get up, get up on stage and say that. Um, and as a writer, we often would write for specific actors, so I could hear their their the cadence of their voice in my head while we're writing it. So that always helped. So I think it's a nice marriage, actually, having actors who write and writers who act. I, I think it's a good combination. And. If you haven't performed before an audience, and a lot of people out here in the business have never done that, um, I think you're at a disadvantage. I just do. You also direct. I have a theory that many of the best directors in film and television are directors who come from acting because they understand what it's like on the other side of the camera. What are your thoughts? I think that's very true. Uh, for me, uh, I always, I always directed 
I started out as an actor, then I started writing to give myself something to act in, because mm-hmm. I wasn't a particular type, and, and the roles were few and far between. Uh, so I wrote myself plays. And then I started directing, so no one would mess up my writing. <laughs> and then I started producing, so no one would mess up my direction. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it was all about control. That's the, the sad truth. It's all about control. But I, I, I do think if you if you've performed, you know how to talk to actors, first of all, and a lot of directors don't. Um, a lot of them are traffic cops worried about the cameras and, you know, but if you, if you, every actor's got a different process and a good director can find their way through each of them. On the line with us is Emmy-nominated writer, producer, and actor Billy Van Zandt. Billy's memoir, Get in the Car, Jane, Adventures, and the TV Wasteland is an insightful guide to writing and producing sitcoms that not only provides a front row seat to the absurdity that often goes on behind the scenes of network television, but also provides useful tips on how to deal with the day-to-day frustrations of your job, no matter what you do for a living. Get in the car, Jane. Adventures in the TV Wasteland is available in paperback and as an ebook through Amazon.com, Van Zandt. Millmore.com and wherever books are sold online. You can follow Billy Van Zandt on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. You mentioned earlier in our conversation, Billy, that when it came to show night of the Martin show with Martin Lawrence, um, taping taping the show was similar to taping the Newhart show and that you got everything pretty much in one take and you know, A to Z, you were over in 90 minutes. One of my favorite observations from Get in the Car, Jane, is you say that in a lot of ways, as a performer, as a comedian, Martin Lawrence reminded you of Jerry Lewis. Very much. Very much. And I mean that as a compliment. (laughs) 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 I'm a a Jerry Lewis fan. Uh, But, um, yes, what Martin would do and what Jerry Lewis did so well is, you would do a physical bit, some gag of some kind, and it was supposed to last maybe, you know, 15 seconds, 10 seconds. What Martin and Jerry Lewis would do is take the same bit, and then they'd get their first laugh, and then they'd keep doing it, and keep doing it, and keep doing it, and you would, it was way too long. But by doing it way too long, the audience would start laughing at the audacity of how long it was doing the bit. And it would stretch into four or five different laughs. It was it was really something to watch. I mean, if you watch the if you watch the Martin rerun, you'll just you'll see him and you'll see the other actors just sort of going with it, letting him do whatever he wants because the audience is going berserk. Um, but yes, very much, very much. I think the two of them were were very similar. And just listening to your response, in in, in the case of Martin Lawrence, I mean that's his instincts as as a stand up comic because it's just you and the audience. And so he's paying attention to what the audience is reacting to. And so, okay, if the audience thinks it's funny, let's see how far it can take this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the interesting thing for me was learning that we did, most of our shows were for stand-up comedians mm-hmm. that we would turn into uh, sitcoms. And the interesting part of the learning process was knowing that these stand-up comics had been their own writer, they'd been their own director, they'd been their own performer for years mm-hmm. before they came to us as an as a executive producer to create a show for them. And there was always a weird transition where they suddenly had to trust us to, 
to know what worked and what didn't work when they've been doing it on their own for you know maybe 10 years before they came to us and sometimes it was an easy transition and sometimes with martin like martin it was not an easy transition but ultimately uh you, you work through it but i can't a lot of times you know you get a, you get some sort of young stand-up comic who's got a healthy ego and rightfully so that's what got them where they are and it's been an interesting uh transition for us to go through uh, after doing it a couple times we sort of knew what it all was and it was insecurity is what it is um they don't want to blow their big chance you know but uh eventually uh, they trust us because we had a pretty good track record so and a- a- another common thread is when when you left i mean in in the case of every show that you and jane left to move on to something else uh, more often than not, the actors and the behind-the-scenes people would recognize that the show was better because of your and, your and Jane working on it. That has been true, I'm happy to say, and uh, thank God it wasn't the opposite. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm glad, I'm glad they're gone. Now we can do a better show. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but, yeah, we've been very lucky, and, I, and I've stayed friends with almost everybody we've, we've worked with. We've always had a repeat business in terms of actors we use because we, we like these people and they're talented so why not keep using them our plays show that and a lot of our tv shows show that too well one example one, one example of that is richard lewis richard lewis uh who you worked with twice on on, on anything for love first and then on daddy dearest and what I love about the Daddy Dearest chapter, because you had a, in, in this case, you had a young comic on the rise in, in, in Lewis, and you had the old pro in Rickles, and, and yet, it, 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 it confirmed what I've, I, I never had a chance to talk to Rickles, but your chapter on Daddy Dearest confirms what I learned about Rickles, which is that, you know, for all the bluster uh, an acid tongue from, from a stand-up act. He was a very accommodating actor when it came to you know, was, filming stuff. He was the sweetest guy in the world. And, uh, you know, you, you, you know that he and Bob Newhart were best friends. And, they, and the people would think, how can they possibly be best friends? Bob's so laid back. And Don is, uh, they were, they, Don was the sweetest guy in the world. And, and, as, as funny as he was, and he was on a lot. If mm-hmm. a waiter came to the table, he would attack the guy, and everybody'd laugh, you know. Or, uh, but he was he was also insecure a little bit too. Uh, so I remember we went to dinner one time, and as we're leaving the uh, the restaurant, uh, Gary Shandling and uh, Warren Beatty were walking in, and Don stopped them in the hall and did twenty minutes just ripping these guys apart, and they were crying, they were laughing so hard, and he was talking about how big Warren Beatty's head is. Gary Shandling sleeps with animals and all this. It was, it was ridiculously funny. And uh, we're all crying, and we, and we walk outside, and he turns to Jane and me in a very sweet little voice and goes, did I do okay? <laughs> and that sums him up to me. You know? But I loved, I loved him. His wife's great. I, yeah, his whole family. I just loved them all. Yeah, and, and in every chapter of the book, I mean, you don't just rattle off names. You present people like Rickles as human, and uh, right. this, it's, it's it's a great it's it's a great read. Get in the car, Jane Adventures in the TV Wasteland, available in paperback and as an ebook through Amazon.com, Vanzant, Millmore.com, wherever books are sold online. You've been writing all your life. You just fit. You just released 
get in the car, Jane. Is there anything you're working on uh, that you're at liberty to tell our listeners about? Always working on something. Uh, right prior to the uh, the world shutting down for, uh, temporarily, uh, Jane and I had written our 25th play, which is the Boomer Boys musical, and we were touring around the country with it. So when when the world comes back to whatever the new normal is going to be, we'll be back on the I'll be back on the road doing that again. And in the meantime, uh, while Jane was sick, she was sick for about 15 months uh, before she passed away. She insisted on working. She we all thought this was a bump in the road and it was going to pass up until about a week before she uh, passed away. And she insisted we work two days a week, so that's what we did. And we've got a couple of uh, couple of screenplays that are half finished and. Uh, and a play that's half finished, and a couple of TV shows. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to start selling those and finishing those and getting all that done because we still we still have unfinished business. Well, my my guess is that she would have been aware that the book was. I mean, she she passed a few months before the book was released, but she. I mean, my my guess is that she knew the book was coming. She not she not only that, uh, knew she she helped edit it and she picked the photos that went in it and she corrected a couple of stories too. She said I didn't throw a teapot at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, fine, I'll, I'll change it. But yeah, I think it 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 ended up being a nice tribute to her. It wasn't it didn't set out to be that, but uh, I, I'm glad that her her personality or her uh, her spirit is is in that book. I'm glad her spirit is in the book. I'm glad that you shared a lot of the good and the bad and the useful about your career uh, to help other people, Billy Van Zant. And I hope you'll visit us again uh, one of these Happy days on, on TV Confidential. Okay. Happy to. Love to. Get in the car, Jane. Adventures in the TV Wasteland by Billy Van Zant is available in paperback and as an ebook through Amazon.com, VanZantMillmore.com, and wherever books are sold online. Steve Beverly will join us later on in the hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I want to tell you that if you're a fan of the shows of Quinn Martin, and particularly the theme music to the shows of Quinn Martin, our friends at La La Land Records have just released a limited edition two-CD collection featuring music from the streets of San Francisco, including the iconic theme by Patrick Williams and the original scores for several iconic episodes of The Streets of San Francisco, including the 30-year pin, the premiere episode featuring starring Edmund O'Brien, and that also features a very thrilling foot chase inside the 16th and Mission Street BART station in San Francisco in the midst of Strangers, classic episode featuring David Wayne and Robert Foxworth, The Thrill Killers, the famous episode that opened the fifth season of The Streets of San Francisco that introduced Richard Hatch as Dan Robbins while also marking Michael Douglas's swan song appearance as Steve Keller, as well as music from the pilot episode. There are also alternate versions of the iconic main title track by Patrick Williams and a whole lot more. This is a limited edition CD produced in association with the Film Music Society and features liner notes by our friend John Burlingame. Extra features include a bonus track featuring music from The Seduction Squad, an episode of the short-lived Quinn Martin series, A Man Called Sloan. All of this is on Volume 3 of the Quinn Martin collection, The Streets of San Francisco, featuring iconic music by Patrick Williams and liner notes by music journalist 
John Burlingame, limited edition produced in association with the Film Music Society, The Streets of San Francisco, The Quinn Martin Collection, Volume 3, The Streets of San Francisco, available wherever music is found from our friends at La La Land Records. Steve Beverly will join us when we come back on TV Confidential. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or Medicare, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-826-5884. 800-826-5884. That's 800-826-5884. Alexa users, you can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker by just saying, Alexa, play TV Confidential. Enabling our Alexa skill is easy. To find out how, go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa. Hello, this is Robert Wagner, and you are listening to TV Confidential. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised 3rd edition, the complete history of the Rockford Files, on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button this portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. <laughs> 